Welcome to the Infinite Project Podcast. My name is Stephen and I'm the owner of the Infinite Project. We help men and women finish losing body fat for good, doing something they can stick to long term. We're against fad diets and quick fixes. We always play the long game. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about um, three takeaways that I had from a book I just finished this last few weeks. Um, the book was called Outlive by Peter Atia. Um, and the book is basically focusing around how to live longer and live well. Um, it looks at people who get to their hundreds uh you know what worked well for them some of them it was genetic some of them had you know common things that they did um so yeah the whole book is just focused around health longevity and making sure you're you know still in a great place in your 80s 90s and 100s so yeah it was a very 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 good book i would definitely recommend uh reading it so some of the key takeaways i had so in the book it talked about uh first things first it talked about the four horsemen and what the hell is the four horsemen so they were basically the four things that kill the majority of us when we get older um god it sounds a bit morbid today but um these are the the four things that you know cause death in your 80s 90s 100s etc so there were cancer heart disease alzheimer's and metabolic disease um which was to do with insulin resistance. Um, so yeah, that was like the four horsemen, the four most common things that, you know, that are probably most likely get to kill you if you're not in a good place uh, from a, an exercise and health standpoint. Now, they found that um, there were kind of three, what was there, three kind of things that they recommended to kind of keep yourself in a great place and keep the horsemen at bay. Um, so like the, the first one I kind of talked about was more to do with exercise and it found that um, more than anything else, it said that going from like zero weekly exercise just to 90 minutes a week can reduce your risk of dying by all causes by 14%. And it basically talks about how you could even get a drug to do that. Um, so like that is like, you know, crazy 14% uh, decreased chance of dying from all, <laughs> from all causes, which is kind of mad. <clears throat> so it kind of recommended um, some tips around exercise and um, both strength training and cardio and then also some tips around um, nutrition as well. So when it comes to exercise, so the first thing it recommended was uh, kind of strength training. Now, the reason it recommended strength training is because basically having a lack of muscle mass um, and lack of strength means you are three times more likely to die early. That's what they found in a study, a 10-year study with 4,500 subjects. Um, they found that those that were low had low levels of muscle mass and strength were three times more likely to die. Um, I remember in the book, it talked about how <clears throat> having less muscle mass, like say you, you fell and broke a hip in your 80s and you didn't have much muscle mass or strength anyway, you're in a way, you're, you're kind of screwed. Like, you know, there's no way you're going to build up a heap of muscle and recover really well. But having more muscle made you more mobile, made you more stable. Um, there was, yeah, tons and tons of benefits. Uh, and it spoke a lot about, you know, focusing on grip strength and things like that, uh, doing things like squats and deadlifts and step-ups. Um, you know, it said one of the, the recommended goals was to do uh, the farmer's carry for one minute holding half your body weight like they said that was a really good test of of your strength um but they said that in the book they talked about how you know think of strength training as a form of re retirement saving almost um you know like a lot of us want to retire with enough kind of money saved up like but we want to think of our muscle like our reserve muscle almost like that as well because it's going to protect us from injury and try to build muscle later on in life like you know in your 80s 90s is so much harder compared to when you're in your 30s 40s 50s um it's so much easier for us so he said you know in the book he talked about you know think about your your strengthening and building muscle and keeping yourself strong and fit uh you know it's almost like a retirement saving uh, for your health long term so yeah that was one of the main ones they recommended for 
exercise with strength training and they recommended doing uh, around about three sessions per week that's what they kind of found um we'd get the best results um so three times a week that's what they kind of recommended then off the back of that they then talked about the kind of cardio side of things and they kind of broke that down into two sections so the first section was zone two training for longevity um so this basically is any type of aerobic exercise so <clears throat> whether that's running on the treadmill, on a bike, on a rower, swimming, whatever it is, um, it's holding a pace or an intensity where it's like if you're out for a jog and you can still have a conversation, but you're you're working you're working relatively hard, but you can still have a conversation. Like that's the the kind of zone two area. If you use a smartwatch and you're out a run or a cycle, look at your heart rate, and a lot of the smartwatches will tell you what zone you're in. So zone two training is like easy pace. Um, you want to be able to hold that for a, a decent amount of time. Um, you know, it's it's not something you do for 10 minutes. It's something you probably do for, you know, what it recommends, 45 minutes, four days a week, ideally. That Again, this is, <laughs> some of the recommendations were a bit like, bloody hell, your whole exercise uh, routines get to take over your life. But I just take away little wee bits and pieces from it. So it could even be just doing a power walk outside or going out for a hike, for example. So you could do multiple different things. Uh, but I recommended doing four days a week, 45 minutes, it's zone two, where you're working at an easy pace. Uh, again, for <clears throat> longevity, it's it's teaching your body to get really efficient and use fat as a fuel. Um, so yeah, again, like I said, like it's it's talking about three strength exercise, four zone two exercises, like bloody hell, when, when do you get to get anything done? Um, but no, I would just look at it as, you know, even if you're going out for a power walk and your heart rate's elevated a little bit, like again, yeah, still you're gonna get some really good benefits off the back of that. And the other thing with regards to cardio I recommended was VO2 max training which is basically where you're going um, kind of really fast for short periods of time back to back with rest. So it might be going, for example, um, you know, going pretty fast for four minutes where you're really, really pushing it in and then you're taking maybe four minutes rest and you're maybe doing that four times, for example. So that'd be an example of VO2 max training where you're really getting your heart rate up. If you do about running or cycling or, or whatever, it's like doing like an interval workout basically. And they found that that increased, um, increased your, your VO2 max was basically how much oxygen your body can handle, I believe. Um, so VO2 max is perhaps one of the most single, most powerful markers for longevity. That's one of the things I mentioned in the uh, the book as well, which was really, really interesting. So um, yeah, that was what they kind of recommended exercise-wise. They recommended zone two training, which is like easy pace, 45 minutes, ideally up to four times a week, which is a lot. Um, and then VO2 max training was, um, yeah, once a week uh, where you're getting your heart rate really up um, and doing kind of, short bouts of intense exercise with some rest off the back of it. Um, so that's what they recommended for, for exercise, what I took away from the book. This was like the most optimal way to prime yourself for longevity health-wise. Then it looked into the nutrition side of things, which is really interesting. Um, so it talked a lot in the book about how there's so many, so many diets out there. There's so much conflicting studies. I was actually talking with a client about this this week. Um, and we're talking about the carnivore diet, we're talking about, um, you know, a vegan diet. And it's, it's so interesting, like both, um, both sides have compelling studies, <laughs> but they kind of counter, they're counterproductive, like they, they kind of argue with each other. So it's like, who the hell's right here? Like, what studies are actually legit? What which have been done very poorly? And um, so it's very hard. I always totally believe that everybody is unique and different. What works for something, if what, what works for someone might not work for someone else. So I think it's all about finding what works best for you and what foods react best to you. Um, you know, I've got clients that potentially have a lot of veg and 
uh, a lot of high, maybe a high carb diet and they get on great with that. And then I've got other clients that feel horrendous when they eat a lot of carbs. So they might have a slightly lower carb diet. I've got clients that like low fat diets, high fat diets. You know, it's all about finding what works for you. Um, you know, there's no one size fits all. So um, 100%, like I, like I say, take every <laughs> every one of these studies with regards to different diets with a massive pinch of salt. Because um, yeah, some of the studies, when you're actually looking at them, are just absolute bullshit <laughs> and are absolutely useless. Um, so yeah, 100%, I believe 100% that you should find something that works for you. Now, some of the things it did recommend, they recommended kind of three things. The first thing was to consume enough protein. Um, so they found that a lot of the protein recommendations from the government and things like that are just way too low, and it spoke about that in the book. Um, but they said that basically you should be aiming for a gram per pound of body weight of protein. So if you weighed 200, gra- uh, 200 pounds, you'd have 200 grams of protein. So for example, I think I weigh about 172 pounds just now, 170 pounds maybe. Um, so I'm, I'm eating about 170, 180 grams of protein every day. Um, they said that you must space out your protein intake and not consume more than 25% of it in a daily sense. So basically what I was saying is don't try and have 100 grams of protein in one meal, like space it out throughout the day. I know your your body can um, only absorb so much protein in one sitting. Um, so yeah, 100%, like, you know, it's just, I guess it's been sensible with it. You know, don't try and eat all your, your protein last thing at night, for example. Um, it, that's what I'd recommended in the, <clears throat> in the book, which is really, really interesting. Um, so yeah, that was the first thing it recommended. Uh, again, from maintaining lean muscle mass, which is one of the best things with regards to protein. Also, it'll help fill you up for longer and keep you in a good place um, with regards to maintaining your body weight. So yeah, consuming enough protein was what the first point. The second point they made, which was really interesting, was uh, don't eat within three hours of bedtime. So it looked at all the different sleep studies and eating close to bedtime uh, totally messes up your, your sleep, your recovery, um, which is really interesting because lately I've, I've got this aura ring. I've had it for a couple of years now and I track my sleep and I look at my sleep score every morning and just like to keep on top of things and it really helps keep you accountable um, sleep-wise. And I always notice like the last couple of nights I've just been not, not, not doing an experiment, but just like some of the nights I've been like, right, okay, I'm going to have something to eat at like half past nine. I go to my bed at like half 10 and it's interesting. My sleep score is always nowhere near as good when I eat within two hours of going to sleep. It's always really poor. Um, and my heart rate's always like, like for example, last night I had, um, what the hell did I have last night? I had, oh, I had a bowl of yogurt and raspberries at half past nine. Um, so usually I would stop eating at like eight o'clock and I noticed my heart rate jumped up five beats a minute, which is, which is mad. Um, so my heart was obviously working, my body was working a lot more having to digest that food through my sleep, which affected my sleep. Um, I, I wouldn't say I felt tired this morning, but um, yeah, didn't feel as refreshed as I did the morning before where I didn't eat. Um, so that was really interesting. Another thing I really noticed, um, there was a few, this is really random, um, I was sitting watching TV <clears throat> this week as well, and there was a, a bag of Skittles been sitting in the living room, and I, I literally had maybe six Skittles, I was just soaking on six Skittles, and then I went to my bed, and my heart rate was up like seven beats a minute through the night, and it could be just from the the sugar spike in my blood sugar levels throughout the night, uh, and my body again having to work a little bit hard to uh, digest that food, which is really interesting. So yeah, don't eat within three hours of bedtime. That's one I'm really trying to focus on. I try to stop eating by 7 p.m. ideally. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very interesting when I track it on the order ring, sleep score, my heart rate, my HRV, all these things that show whether or not you've recovered well are always better when I eat, you know, stop eating within three hours of bedtime. So that was it. And then the last thing it recommended was to stick to a, an eating plan that keeps your kind of average blood glucose levels in a, a kind of safe range. So basically what that means, like, you know, if you're 
how your diet's very high in you know in, in, in carbs and sugar and processed foods that you know you're you're get find that your your glucose level glucose levels like your sugar levels are getting you know spike and then come crashing back down your energy levels get be all over the place but um with regards to um you know longevity like they said that you know you want to be eating foods that keep your your blood glucose levels in a safe range so you know consuming enough proteins get help with that fruit and veg you know getting enough fiber in your diet eating uh, you know healthier choices of carbohydrates so having things like you know like like oats um like you know uh, you know like whole grains things like that are way better they're full of fiber they're gets stop that spiking glucose levels uh, which was really interesting as well so yeah bit of a, a random podcast today i was just literally finishing this book and i thought you know what i'm just gonna do three takeaways i took some notes on my phone so yeah very interesting book it's quite a big book it was the audio book i listened to it was like i'm sure it was like 17 hours but i listened to it on two times speed so you get through it so much quicker but um no there was, i took a few notes off the back of it and um i've watched a few podcasts with the guy who's been on them very interesting guy um he's a he's a doctor and he basically found that when he worked in the hospital like they were treating patients you know heart disease or whatever one of the big four the the four horsemen he talks about and he says like you know it was, it was sad really because these people could have been helped if they'd been helped 20 years ago he says like they've done the damage 20 years ago so after reading this book it's just really made me think about health a lot more like when he goes through a lot of the studies and things like that and shows you the science and like it almost like backs up what you're doing like when you're doing strength training in the gym or you're, you're eating well or you're doing a bit of cardio like it, it's not yeah you're maybe doing those things in the short term to maybe look better or feel better or have more energy but in the long term it's like holy crap this is actually really good i know if i would still be here when i'm 90 100 or i still would be in good health at that age uh, you know it's so 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 important and you know, I was speaking with someone else this week and we were talking about um, like long-term health and talking about, you know, getting into your 80s and 90s and things like that. And I remember this person said to me, they're like, oh, well, I know so many people who get into their, you know, early 60s and they, you know, they're they're absolutely goosed. Like they're, they're so unfit. They, they don't, they're really bad health-wise. They're on, you know, ridiculous amounts of medication. They've got all these different things that are wrong with them and they're all lifestyle related. That's the thing. And we were just talking about that and it really makes you... I don't know when you see, when you know someone that you know potentially has a really bad lifestyle and they've suffered the consequences of it. It kind of makes it more aware um, to you that you're like crap, right? Okay, I don't want to go down that route. I want to make sure that I'm in a really good place. Um, so it makes you think about your health a little bit differently when you know someone maybe hasn't taken care of their health and suffered the the consequences for it. But um, yeah, the whole thing I took away from this book is like you know prioritize your health now and your future you will 100% be absolutely delighted for you because uh, it is really easy to push things off and think oh I'm not going to worry because at the end of the day we're not invincible you know we're, we're all not invincible we need to look after ourselves you know we only get one chance at this so you want to make the best of your life and keep your health in a good place and make sure that you know as you get into your older years you're still in a fantastic place health-wise you don't want to be uh, you know getting to your later years and not really being able to enjoy them at all because your health's in a bad way because your, your life still sucks um, so yeah that was some of the, the three takeaways. Uh, going over them briefly again, we've got, you know, the, the cardio side of things. So it was saying the zone two training, aiming for, you know, 45 minutes, four days a week. Like I say, it could be that, you know, you do a power walk each day and that classes as your zone two training or you, you do a bit of running or cycling or whatever it is, like doing some sort of exercise that's at an easy pace, ideally up to four times a week. I know that's a lot. But like I say, if you're doing a bit of walking on top of that, even that's going to help. The VO2 max training bit was the other thing. You're doing one session a week where your heart rate's elevated um, and you're really pushing it in. For example, doing four minutes of intense exercise with four minutes rest. So that's what I recommended for the cardio side of things. The strength training was a massive one for longevity. Again, I think they said in that study, the 10-year study, uh, 
they found that those with low muscle mass and strength were three times more likely to die early, which is just absolutely mad. Um, and again, uh, so doing strength training three times a week was something they recommended. Like that was a, a very, very, very beneficial for long-term health, mobility, um, you know, very, very, very important. And then the nutrition side of things recommended consuming enough protein, a gram per pound of body weight, not eating but within three hours of bedtime and sticking to an eating plan that doesn't spike your glucose uh, sugar levels and keeping them in a safe range. That was what it recommended. If you do that, like it keeps you in a fantastic place. And some of the, the, the things it mentioned, like how many, t- there was a, a study, um, they found that insulin resistance itself. So like if you, um, you know, with regards to say your, your diet's in a really bad place and your blood sugar uh, sugar levels are all over the place and your, your body becomes more insulin resistance, they found that that's associated with a huge increase of one's risk of cancer up to 12 times, uh, Alzheimer's by five times and cardiovascular disease by six times just from having um, insulin resistance, which is mad, absolutely mad. Um, and yeah, like I say, when it, you go over some of these studies, you're like, holy shit, okay. And it just really makes you think about your health. So yeah, if you are quite health conscious, like definitely worth reading that book. Uh, and like I say, like I've taken a few things away from it. Um, now when I'm doing my strength training, I'm not just doing it to try and you know improve the way I look or get stronger. I'm thinking, right, this is part of my routine for a longevity side of things. I want to be doing strength training in my 70s and 80s. Um, same with the cardio side of things. Now I'm not just thinking, oh, I'm doing a run because I'm going towards a specific goal. No, I'm running because I want to be healthy. I want to make sure my heart health's in a good place. I want to make sure, you know, generally I'm in a, in a great place as I get into my older years. Uh, and same with the diet side of things that, you know, it backs up, you know, I'm not just eating protein to get lean. I, I'm eating protein because, you know, there's so many other benefits around it with regards to, um, you know, longevity and not eating within three hours of bedtime. Like once I heard that, it just reinstated it in my mind and thought, right, okay, you need to stop eating before you go to your bed because uh, it does make a massive difference. But yeah, hope you guys found that useful. Um, very good book, Outlive by Peter Atia. Even look him up on YouTube. He's had a few videos and been on like Joe Rogan and things like that. Uh, he was also on a podcast with a guy called Andrew Huberman, um, who's very, very good as well. He goes over all the science of nutrition, exercise, etc. Uh, very interesting guy and seems to really know his stuff. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. Um, but yeah, hope we're all having a good week so far and we will catch up with everyone next week.